Welcome to the Food Minded Fellow podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Smith. I recently got to visit the West Tisbury School, where one creative, generous, and determined woman is single-handedly changing the way that school lunch is done. My name is Jenny DeVivo, and I am the head chef and cafeteria director for the Up Island Schools on Martha's Vineyard. Jenny was raised in a creative household and has always looked at things through that lens. I was born into an incredibly creative family. That means music, drama, cooking, arts and crafts. From the minute I came out of the womb, I just knew inherently that I needed to do something that was creative and was going to allow me to be something other than just a generic human on this planet. Like many creative spirits, Jenny found herself on the island of Martha's Vineyard. I ended up on this island in 1998 after a very interesting uh, musical career in the UK where I spent 15 years writing, recording, and traveling around the world singing pop songs to a myriad of different people. When I got to the island, I suddenly realized that this was where I belonged. It was peaceful. It wasn't a rat race. And I decided that in order to thrive here on this island of so-called misfit toys, that I needed to carve out something that would make me feel not only um, happy, but allow me to feel as if I was giving back. With the help of some friends, she started her own private chefing business and continued to do some singing in local bars. And then realized that seasonal work wasn't for me. I needed to be busy. I needed to constantly have my fingers in some kind of pie that would allow me to... um, not be stagnant and grow and I chose to jump into the school lunch forum which at the time was not even a forum it was just something that a friend of mine suggested that I could do that would put my culinary skills to use but also allow me to feed an island generation healthier food connect them with their food purveyors their fishermen their farmers and really just give them a sense of community. And that's what I've done. And I am extraordinarily happy, proud, and wouldn't want to be any other place in the world. When Jenny first arrived at the school, the lunch program was nothing like the service that she runs now. In fact, she wasn't cooking anything at all. In 2009, I got a phone call from a friend who was a teacher at the West Hisbury School, and she told me that there was an opening with the for-profit company that was supplying food to the West Hisbury and Chilmark schools. They were looking for somebody to just serve the food, not to cook the food, just to serve the food. And from my understanding, people were very dissatisfied with the food that they were getting bussed up every single day. And I'd recently just had my child, and I was starting to meet all these incredible young mothers and their children, and I just figured, you know what, let's take this on board, let's see if we can improve the situation. So for two years, I worked for $9 an hour, serving meals cooked by really happy people, but under the guise of a for-profit company whose biggest concern was just to make money, to serve processed food, and not really connect the children to knowing where their food came from. After two years of operating in this way, Jenny had built a plan to present to the school committee. The idea of an independent school meals program was a viable and productive mission that we should embark on. In 2011, we convinced the school committee to 
erased themselves from the for-profit company that was based out of the high school, and our Up Island School Meals program was born. But the West Hisbury School had been serving prepared foods. They didn't have anything that resembled a proper commercial kitchen. With the help of a tremendous amount of volunteers, surplusing equipment from the old Egertown School, we were able to build a school kitchen that was only going to cost us $100,000. We opened the doors in 2011, hoping to serve maybe 50% of the school. And to our surprise, by the end of the year, we were at 100% participation rate. We're now in 2020, and we are serving 500 plus scratch meals a day to pre-K through eighth graders who have come to realize that knowing where their food comes from, connecting with the sources of their food, eating with their eyes, their ears, taking risks with their food choices is really beneficial for them, not only throughout their school day, but in the long term. The fact that Jenny and her team are able to pump out 500 meals every single day in this small kitchen is absolutely amazing. It's quite small, but her dedication to her mission is so strong that she's willing to overcome almost any obstacle. Our initial mission for the food program had many faces. Predominantly, the main focus was to source as much local and regional food as possible also to dial back the amount of choice that these children were given. In essence, eradicate the food court mentality that you would see in an off-island mall. So by eliminating the chicken fingers every day, the hamburger every day, the pizza every day, we decided that we could, in essence, bring locally and regionally sourced food into our cafeteria by offering one hot meal, a salad bar, and a sandwich option. In order to get this food, I really needed to take myself out into the island community and introduce myself to farmers and fishermen and really let them know what my mission was and what I needed for them. She wasn't sure how her mission would be received, but she came across... So many farmers that had surplus vegetables, fishermen that had amazing amounts of bycatch that they couldn't get rid of, that my food program took on a life of its own. I was able to purchase incredible quality meats for a fraction of the price uh, because they were off cuts or they were on the bone or they were something that weren't necessarily beautiful. I was getting vegetables that didn't look fantastic on the shelf but tasted incredible in soups. I was getting cheese that the rinds weren't perfectly cured on but they would taste incredible in my macaroni and cheese. Most of our food system in the Western world is geared towards providing perfect produce. Vegetables that are all roughly the same shape, weight, size, color, and the rest are all considered less valuable. Meats that aren't the perfect shape and size are considered odd. But Jenny sees the value in these things. Things like that allowed us to become beautiful friends. We fostered great relationships, and every day I get phone calls from farmers, fishermen, food purveyors that will offer me either their produce at a price or give it to me free from charge. There are also many seasonal businesses on Martha's Vineyard, and they are often closing their doors just as school is ramping up. When they shut their doors for the season, they give me a call, and the next thing you know, a van full of their produce, their crackers, their deli supplies arrive at my door and allow me to save an enormous amount of money 
put that in my freezer and incorporate that into my food program, um, generating more cash and allowing me to continue my mission to foster local and regional food on a daily basis for my kids. In many ways, Jenny has had to forge her own path. But she sees her program as something that can be implemented almost anywhere. Yes, my meal program is unique, but that does not mean it can't transfer into the real world. What I mean by that is that I work out of a tiny, tiny kitchen. I cook off of a four-burner stove. I have a two-bay convection oven. I pump out 500-plus scratch meals a day with only three women. We have a small window, and we really focus on lunch. Lunch is simple. It's a tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. It's a taco. It's an enchilada. Um, So what we do is not something that you couldn't do in a bigger school with your seven staff and your larger kitchens. Um, We've proven that by just taking the time, thinking outside of the lunchbox, that you can really push the boundaries of what school food really means. I mean, every kid deserves real food in their school meals, and it's not that hard. Um, Yes, you walk out of here and your bones are sore and you're tired and you don't really cook, you want to cook dinner for your family, but knowing that you've nurtured these children out of a small kitchen is more soul satisfying than anything you could imagine. Jenny and her team are not only interested in providing physical nutrition. They've made their cafeteria a safe space and a place where kids can come to learn. Being able to see these children five days a week, 182 days a year, really allows us to connect with them on a bigger level than just feeding them. We've managed to foster a sense of community. We've given them guidelines. We've given them structure. They know what they're getting on a daily basis. They know that if they need us, they can come to us. It's super satisfying to know that if there's a little trouble in the classroom and a kid wants to do some prep in the kitchen with us, that we can help them turn their day around. We can show them that by peeling carrots for like 15, 20 minutes can calm them down. By giving them an apple and listening to them their stories, we're giving them a chance to know that we're there for them, that we'll help them and we'll guide them. I was fortunate enough to sit in on one of their lunch services. It's amazing to watch. They know every child's name. Lily, there's a turkey barley or a Mexican veg. Turkey barley. Biscuit. Are you doing uh, GF or are you doing regular? They know who's gluten-free. They know who's having a bad day. And they create a space in which these children have a voice. Turkey and rice or a Mexican veg. It's incredibly important to realize that food is a nurturing piece of our lives. School lunch is just as important. So if you can allow children to have accountability, a voice, but also know that they are going to be guided in the right direction, it's a win-win and our future will be brighter with food-connected children. I asked Jenny to describe how it all goes down. She has a tiny kitchen and she makes 500 scratch meals every day. So by eliminating the mall mentality in our school, we really open the doors for our creative culinary experiences on a daily basis. We come in at about 7.30 every day. 
We've already had our menu planned for the month, so let's pretend it's a Monday. It's always pasta on a Monday. But we know that we need to make our fresh pesto sauce, we need to boil up the pasta, we need to clean and dice romaine, make our croutons for our Caesar salad, wash our grapes, and really get the fundamentals of our day growing. Then we also need to scratch cook our salad bar. We use ancient grains, we use local vegetables, we turn that oven on to 425 at 730 and we roast perpetually, whether it's cauliflower, mushrooms, Brussels sprouts, local squash. There is nothing that that oven doesn't see from eight o'clock until 11 when the first lunch is served. But her kitchen is organized. Her team is happy and they're on a mission. Yes, it's a little hard, but at the same time with any leftovers we have, we'll turn that into a soup or we'll freeze it and repurpose it into say a fish cake or a veggie option. There are so many ways to really seriously take it to the next level by using simple ingredients, an onion, some celery, some carrots, some turkey stock. It's super easy to make a delicious and nutritious, satisfying scratch cooked meal every single day. Even with community support, there are still a lot of costs associated with producing a lunch. With a budget of less than $2 per lunch, Jenny's very careful to make sure that there's almost zero waste in her kitchen. Everybody knows that school meals programs cost money. Budgets are tight. Each meal has to cost $1.25 to make. It's hard. It is not easy. You definitely need to put yourself on the line, think long and hard about the ingredients that you're choosing. But what we've decided and discovered about ourselves is that we're extraordinarily frugal. And that means we don't like waste. Just like my mom said when I was growing up, if you don't eat it, it's gonna turn into something else. So today's dinner is tomorrow's leftovers. So we actually live by that principle here in the kitchen. We'll take vegetables that didn't sell throughout the service and we'll turn them into a gorgeous soup. We will get beautiful turkeys that didn't quite sell by our local farmer. We'll roast them off, pull them, and then use the bones and make it a tremendous amount of stock, which we consolidate into various containers, freeze, and use throughout the school year. We'll get incredible amounts of vegetables from farmers and do the same thing. We'll process them, we'll freeze them, and allow us to be frugal enough to use kale seven months out of the year. Um, for instance, eggs, mushroom tops, any of this stuff can go into something else. Our fish, if it hasn't been used, we'll freeze it, then roast it again, turn it into fish cakes, chowders. There are so many things that you can do with food. It doesn't need to go into the waste pile. Food waste is something that can be eradicated if you just take the time to think about it. Wasting food strikes a nerve with Jenny for more than one reason. Families worldwide are faced with extreme food insecurities. Families even here struggle to put food on the table, and it's an issue that Jenny's faced with daily. So many people will say to me, hey, you're on Martha's Vineyard, you guys have a ton of money. Well, I have to be really honest with you, it's really become important for me to help sort of demystify the vision of Martha's Vineyard. Yes, we are a seasonal community. Yes, three months out of the year, we have multimillionaires, celebrities, dignitaries coming to our island and really enjoying the beautiful beaches and atmosphere that we have here. But we 
have a thriving working class community that is year round, that struggle to put food on the table, to pay their bills, to keep a steady job. In school here at the West Tisbury School, we have 40% free and reduced children whose only meal is my lunch. So that in puts a little bit of pressure on me to ensure that whatever I'm feeding them is going to satisfy them for the school day. Um, Martha's Vineyard's great, don't get me wrong. I live here, but I also need to pay my bills. A lunch lady doesn't get paid a lot of money and neither do a lot of the people here. Um, we're just like any other middle America town, west coast town. We have insecurity, but we can rise above that by being kind and generous and really truly thinking about what's important and that's our future. And having this job really reminds me on a daily basis that if I am not walking the walk, talking the talk, and really seriously showing these children that I care and how they care matters, then I shouldn't really be doing this job. Education is a key part of Jenny's mission. She and her team do everything they can to educate the children about food and nutrition. Early on, we decided that we wanted to teach kids not only what they eat matters, but how they eat matters. So we've really made it a point to incorporate all of the food service into an educational curriculum. These strategies have paid off beyond our wildest dreams. We run a program with our friends at Island Grown Initiative called uh, Harvest of the Month, which allows us to feature one specific local ingredient that we'll either put in the salad bar or in our daily lunches. We'll talk about it with the kids at lunch. They'll hear the story of where their food comes from, and it'll give them ownership about what they're putting in their bodies. We also have paired with an incredible local fish company who whenever they bring us their fish, we find out who the fisherman is, how it was catched, sorry, how it was caught, and they'll bring that information to their science and their math classes, and then they will do graphs and charts and talk about the old-fashioned fishing villages and small boat fishermen, and they'll really seriously quantify that into things that matter in their curriculum. Um, we have gardens here, which each class gets a specific bed. They choose what they're going to grow. They'll harvest that specific crop and then bring it to the kitchen where we will incorporate it into their daily school meals with their help. We'll get their hands on the food that they've actually grown themselves. So once again, it gives them ownership. It gives them a sense of security. It gives them a sense of purpose that in essence will travel through their daily lives as they grow older. Watching a kid cut basil off a stalk in a garden when he's only five years old, then throw it in his mouth with the biggest smile on his face is not even explainable. It is pure, unadulterated joy. And being able to turn that basil into pesto and then serve it to him, it takes it to a whole nother level. Educational-based food service is a doable option, which I truly believe people should embark on across the nation. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're in an inner city, whether you're in a coastal town or an island like us. You can tell the story of the food that you're serving to your kids. In turn, they will capitalize on that and move forward in the world with a healthy, happy, lifelong attitude. I've worked in many restaurants over the years. I've seen kitchens that are both functional 
and terribly dysfunctional. It takes a strong leader to guide a kitchen, and this lunch lady is no exception. Being a lunch lady is definitely stressful, but at the same time, we've decided that when we open that blue door and walk into the kitchen, that we are going to leave any of our personal stuff outside the door. We need to represent a positive, thriving, creative energy, and we need to have that radiate throughout our day. So we communicate, and maybe we over-communicate, but we know what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to do it. If anybody has a question, we'll talk about it. And at the end of the day, being the leader, I know that if anybody makes a mistake, it's my mistake. So if I can't wash a thousand dishes, if I can't peel a million carrots, if I can't boil eggs until I'm blue in the face, then I'm not gonna ask my team to do it. And I think that's how you cultivate a really nice environment in such a small, closed kitchen, is that you allow everybody to have their role, you make your rules extraordinarily clear, you accept criticism and praise where it's due, and you just truly be as democratic as you possibly can be. No day is perfect. You always have to change your situation. You have to be extraordinarily flexible. But if you pump out the music, if you dance while you're stirring your soup, if you laugh at the stupidest things ever, your day's going to go quicker. It'll translate to your food, which in turn will translate to your school community, which in turn will translate to a happy world. She really does dance while she stirs the soup. I saw her do it. She's found something really special, a place where she can apply her creative spirit in a way that affects change. Personally, this job has given me more than I could have ever hoped for. Um, being a mother of a 14-year-old son and watch him grow through my lunch program, watching his friends grow through this lunch program, it's really taught me that food matters, a smile matters, a friendly ear matters, and that if you really take each day as it comes and know that nurturing somebody is going to not only nurture them but nurture yourself, that's what I walk away with every single day. Um, I love going into the supermarket and having my students run up to me with their families and introducing themselves to me. I love when I get emails from parents that ask me to give them my taco seasoning recipe because their child won't eat tacos unless it's my tacos. Um, I love the fact that when I go to the movie theater and I'm buying popcorn that my coat gets tugged by a little rug rat in the kindergarten and uh, says to me, hey, lunch lady Jenny, what are you doing here? And I'll be like, I'm a person too, kid. Um, it's just really wonderful to know that I've touched them in such a way that they are courageous enough to speak to me in a public setting instead of a school setting. And it allows me to know that my good work is really good work. Um, I'm allowing these children to feel free to communicate, to tell their parents that they want to have fennel for their dinner instead of frozen green beans. Um, I love when they come back to school on a Monday and tell me that their parents had made baked haddock instead of fish fingers. Uh, the rewards are endless. Um, it is a true joy and priceless to think that I am changing the way people think about school lunch one meal at a time. Jenny's spirit is infectious. 
She literally does dance in the kitchen. It shows through the way that she smiles at every single child, even though I'm positive at least one of them has to be a punk. If you think about feeding kids in general, one rule should apply to everybody. Kids deserve to eat real food in their school meals. Kids also deserve to be able to have universal free school meals, no matter where they live in the country, no matter what their monetary situation. It is imperative that we as a nation adopt a program where we can allow children to eat with no stigma, to not go hungry. Feeding people together in a cafeteria, in a school gym, in a classroom, allows people to feel included and inclusive. And there is no reason that we in the United States of America can't find a solution to universal school meals. Vermont is just about to do it. New York City's taken a role. Massachusetts and Boston are on the cusp. I think that if we all, as school food heroes, band together and unite and come together, not in an egotistical way, but in the true mission of feeding our children, then when we close our eyes at night, we know that we've done a job that is well done, well received, healthy, happy, and satisfying on so many levels. To find out more about Jenny DeVivo, you can Google her name or head over to foodmindedfellow.com podcast and look for the episode on Jenny DeVivo. While you're on foodmindedfellow.com, you can check out my merch store. Occasionally, I post a recipe. And you can also find more about my services as a private chef on Martha's Vineyard. If you're sick of my voice, but are enjoying the content, I've also written articles for Martha's Vineyard Times and Edible Vineyard. Links to those articles are on the website as well. This podcast was funded in part by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism.